guys. Welcome back to D Plus Students. We hope that you guys enjoyed our bonus content that came out. Um, even if we did go down a couple of rabbit holes, it was really <laughs> great to all have a great conversation about the first 10 DCOMs that we've all watched. So today he- we're here with DCOM number 11, Don't Look Under the Bed. Woo! And I'm Dakota. I'm Andy. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And with episode 11, Don't Look Under the Bed, I don't remember a dang thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Never seen this bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's this is very exciting then. I know both Chris and I have seen it. Mm -hmm. If you are looking at the poster that I've, I've sent everybody, it says this Halloween, whatever you do. And then in big, like crazy, creepy letters, don't look under the bed. And it uh, has a big purple sky background with a giant moon with a foreshadowing uh, monster type creature. You see a head and arms with long fingers kind of creeping over three, uh, I think, teenagers and kids that are cowering on a bed. Um, It looks like teenage girl, a teenage boy, and maybe a younger younger kid. I, I have a question. Yes. Is this Molly Ringwald? You have to tell me. It's entrapment. <laughs> it's not that old. <laughs> no, unfortunately, is not. Um, it does look like her, especially in this in this image. But this premiered on October 9th of I think 1999. Still, so I think this is a little past Molly Ringwald's general age group for her to be in a teen movie. Right. For her know, to be she does come back in a teen for. Movie. She comes back for a second life of Secret Life of the American Teenager and Riverdale, but she's an adult. Oh, oh, you're right. I forgot she was in Riverdale. Secret Life of an American Teenager was wild. That was a show. <laughs> uh, so how do we feel about this poster so far, you guys? So I remember, okay, I, I know obviously there's a monster. Um, don't look under the bed. It's a Halloween movie. It's going to be scary. Um, probably some jump scares because Disney Channel isn't going to do anything gory and really scary. I thought that the guy friend was like a babysitter or something like that or some kind of he's in charge of the family in some way. That or they just meet him. Like, I don't remember, but I don't think that he was like related or a part of the family. Um, Other things that I remember, the bed glows up under it. It's a very pretty (laughs) bed and it glows like purple or green up under it or something like that. But like, other than that... I don't, I don't remember if I started watching this and I got scared because I am also the kid that loved the ocean so much. I think I mentioned that during Johnny Tsunami. I loved the ocean so much that I went to watch Finding Nemo and my parents wouldn't let me watch it because they were afraid that then I'd be afraid of the ocean. So they, like, we were on a Disney cruise watching it and they made me walk out of the theater and I didn't watch it until I was much older because they didn't want me to be scared of the ocean because it was the part where... They're like that that big scary fish that has the dangle that they're trying to. Oh yeah, oh the, yeah, the angler the squishy fish. thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so either my parents turned it off because they didn't want me to be afraid, or I was afraid and didn't watch it just in general. But I remember, um, I remember that much. Okay. Right. And then how how about you, Aaron? And slash, uh, actually, Dakota, do you want to say what you think it's about, other than what you remember? Or? It's got to be about some kind. Well. Part of me would say it's got to be about facing your own fears, but this is a decom, so like there probably is a freaking monster under the bed or something. <laughs> but I'm sure he's a misunderstood monster, right? Like he's not really like maybe I don't know, maybe maybe she is the monster under the bed. I don't I don't remember. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, Aaron? I'm not gonna Google too far into this because I did do that don't. for Genius, but also, okay. are you sure this isn't Molly Ringwald? pretty dang sure Mm -hmm. i know it does look like her though okay so i see some kids what's crazy with this poster for me is that they are clearly staring at not under the bed so they're doing a good job of not looking (laughs) (laughs) they're all kind of vaguely staring off into space that's funny. That's I don't think that Aaron's funny 85 to 95 percent of the time. Um, that was a good one. <laughs> um, just to ease your mind, her mm. name is Aaron Chambers. I do not know That's her. A good from name. It is a good name. <laughs> okay, so yeah, there's so there's some kind of once in every 
uh, 27 years or whatever, this uh, monster comes out from under the bed when it's Halloween and a blood moon at the same time. And it, I don't know, rearranges your furniture. And <laughs> it's a Disney movie. Like, it's not a serial killer, right? Well, well, I guess we'll find out, won't yeah, we? Yeah, you, you won't know. <laughs> it causes mild annoyances that the kids have to deal with. And, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. In Halloween Town, the mayor did gun down some kids. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I've got to tell you. It might be a murder. Someone... <laughs> This is the first movie that I just haven't seen or that I I don't remember at all if I have seen it, but I really don't think I have. I am very uncomfortable. Like, this is very uncomfortable for me for, to be recording this right now and have zero idea of what I'm walking into. Erin, <laughs> I don't know how you do it every week. <laughs> I like the mild shade there. Right. <laughs> that was that was some low-key shade. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm shady, but anyway. <laughs> yes. I would like to point out that this comes out every two weeks, so I don't know what this every week thing is that she's referring to, but it's probably not the podcast. <laughs> Just your daily lives, you know. <laughs> so, um, Andy and Chris, like how recently have you guys, obviously you don't want to give any spoilers away, and I sure do appreciate it, but uh, is there anything that you can allude to? And... It, if not, or or if, either way, how recently did you guys watch this? Because at this point in time of us recording it, um, we have not gone back and watched this movie for us to do our commentary on. So mm-hmm. for me, I don't I don't know about you, Chris, because again, you, I know you like the scary ones, although I don't know if, if DCOM scaries are still top of your list. <laughs> um, but I probably have not seen this in about 20 years. Like I know I oh, watched wow. it when it came out. And I probably watched it, like, maybe four times max after that. But it was never one of my favorites. But I remember it really well, or at least I remember bits of it really well. And um, I don't know if this will jog any memories for anybody, but the guy in the yellow shirt um, in the poster, again, like I said, there's the female teenager, a male teenager, and a little boy. The Is he ma- from Sabrina? He is not, but no. he was Larry from Even Stevens, which was uh, Ren's rival. Oh, yeah. Oh, he doesn't. Is, no, that's not the one that doesn't speak, is it? No, he speaks. Okay. Yeah, he, he and Ren Stevens, which is Christy Carlson Romano, have a rivalry in the show. And I think I think I haven't seen that show in a very long time, but I think they're like mm-hmm. the two best students and they like throw sass at each other. Okay. And he feels very like, look at me, I'm fancy. So I think this was within that time frame. Like I think he was already in Even Stevens and then he was in this movie. So I think that's part of why I remember it so well, because I know the actor, even though I literally know him from nothing else. Hello? Hello. Hi. Uh-oh. Chris! Chris, come back to us. <laughs> Don't go into the light. <laughs> Seems like just a few minutes ago, it was only me and Chris. Aaron, you could just not talk so we don't have to edit any of this out, but that is not Aaron's MO. Y'all, I'm keeping this. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, people get tired of me real fast. Chris, are you there? I'm here. Welcome back, Chris. Yay! Was it just me? Yeah. Oh. Lord have mercy. I'm just sitting here minding my business. Sitting here doing what? <laughs> I was like, what happened? Yay! Yay! <laughs> I don't know if you heard me say, Chris, but I was saying that I probably remember this movie because of the correlation of the actor um, who was in Even Stevens. So... That's probably why I remember this movie so well, because I'm like, oh, it's Larry from Even Stevens, even though it wasn't something that I watched uh, for many years. It's funny because I'm pretty sure his name in the movie is also Larry. Oh, it might be. I'm on the IMDb (laughs) page. I can can check that without spoiling anything. You know what? I think that there was a kid in Lizzie McGuire that didn't speak. Maybe. I honestly don't know. Yes, you're right. His name is Larry in this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the so, actor's okay. name is Ty Hodges. And we're talking so about Aaron the yellow shirt boy? Yes. 
Yeah, so redhead is Aaron Chambers, yellow shirt boy is Ty Hodges, whose mm. name in the movie is Larry, and his name in Even Stevens was Larry. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb, and maybe since we, like, recognize him and we don't recognize the girl from anything else ever, like, maybe he's the protagonist. Okay. All right. Do we have any other feels? I know, Chris, you're probably going to say something, but we're going to be as spoiler-free as possible. I've, yeah. I've thought about this in true Disney Channel fashion. I don't think that it's a murder, <laughs> but I'm channeling some very like, Power Rangers. Maybe it's the fact that they all are of different races and different colored shirts. Maybe. Um, but I'm going to say it's some kind of like body snatching, energy draining, some kind Ooh, maybe. of uh, phantom thing that comes out. It's like it that doesn't have any gore whatsoever. I like that. Yeah. That's a good guess. That's not bad. Um, but I've oh. I've seen this in the past five years for sure. Dang, okay. Because, okay. um, like I said, I like the, the scary ones. And I'm a Disney person, so I was like, let me go back to this. I remember, like, reading about this later on in life, like, when I was watching it again. And I'm pretty sure they stopped airing it at some point on Disney because there are a lot of complaints that it was too scary for children watching at that time. I seem to remember that because mm. I was able to watch all the other Halloween ones, um, which are creepy but not scary. But I, I feel like this one is going to scare me now. It was too yeah, was scary gonna... <laughs> for some people, so they shut it down for a while, and then they re-released it, but with like a yellow track that's a little bit easier <laughs> for people to handle. Maybe. Maybe exactly. when we watch it on Disney+, Plus, Chris and I will be like, what? <laughs> this wasn't the movie. <laughs> Has anyone checked to see if it is on Disney+. Plus? Okay, I'm pretty good. sure. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen it on there. In the past. Because, again, I've been wanting to watch it, so I'm glad that we're Mm -hmm. fine. Because, like, now that I knew it was coming up, I was like, ooh. Because, again, I I remember it pretty well, but haven't seen it. And I said 20, but maybe it's been 15. Maybe I saw it, you know, a couple years after. But it was never one of my favorites, but I remember it really well. And I was like, maybe I'll like it more now that I'm older. Maybe you'll be even scareder than you were back then. Maybe I'll be even more scared. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't want to give much away, but... um, I definitely do remember a lot of this movie. I actually don't remember the ending at all. So I'm excited for that because I remember a lot of certain, I remember certain scenes in the movie and I know the general like plot overview of like what is happening, but I don't remember what happens in the end. So I'm pretty sure I remember what happens in the end and Dakota kind of on the opposite of you being like, I don't know how you do this, not knowing what the movies are like, Aaron. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm feeling pretty smug. <laughs> like well, I don't know I why. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't feel like this is an a, a like you know, this feat that I have achieved, but I'm just like, yeah, I know stuff and I have to not talk about it. This is powerful. <laughs> That's what I felt for you lucky I dog. I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> They'd you be like, so Aaron, what do you think about ending. it? <laughs> I'd be like, well it's good until the Babadook shows up and then <laughs> Oh, it's the Bell Dam. It's like Coraline. Yes. Oh, I love He's that movie. Sewing buttons on people's eyes. Ooh. Um, so yeah, I think we we have complete blanks. I like both of your guesses. I think they're both really good. Um mm. Chris and I don't wanna say too much, but I'm going to predict that we're going to have a lot to say, and I think it's going to be very polarizing. I think you're either going to really like it or you're really not going to like it. Yeah, I feel like that's true. Ooh, am I going to like it? Is this a can of worms situation? It, I don't think it's going to be as severe uh, yeah, it's, as can it's of not worms. That, it's not as deep as can of worms, because <laughs> even I understood that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can definitely see what you're talking about, Andy. To the best of your recollection, are there like, is there anyone holding random objects with their mouth? Not that I remember, but you never, never say never. Aaron, we I don't, don't want have to, spoil to mention this you. every time. Like I'm, 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 you can hear a little annoyance in my voice because <laughs> we don't have to mention that every single episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna say that I think it's very funny that Dakota is our resident like family thinker. I mean, like we all kind of uh, talk about like 
what we feel the family dynamic is today. But I feel like Dakota always zeroes in because she watched it with her family. But you've also had the most scandalous opinions. Like, you like beach movies because people are naked and people are sexy when they hold tools in their mouth. (laughs) I can't help that during the formative years of my life, at which point in time you're deciding, do you like men? Do you like women? What type of people do you like? I was watching DCOMs, okay? That's what I was watching. You like that's naked people on the beach with tools in their mouths. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch Cartoon Network or Boomerang or what's that channel that with the green slime? What's that called? Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to. I was not allowed to watch any of those channels. Okay, I was allowed to watch the Disney Channel. That's so weird. <laughs> I mean, some of the Nickelodeon cartoons were definitely like really out there. So yeah, I could and that's quasi, and that's what that. it was. Like, sure, I watched. Dakota's watch... kinks are really becoming. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's all starting to come together. <laughs> you're always learning new things while you're married. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> all right, well, I'll stop picking on you, but yes. I'm excited. Um, I think. I'm hoping that I will still like it on the rewatch. I hope you guys like it too, but I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go watch the movie, and then we'll be back with the second half of our episode on Don't Look Under the Bed. Hey, everyone. It's Andy. Jumping in here once again to say thank you so much for listening to our latest episode of D-plus Students Don't Look Under the Bed. We had a really great time with this episode, and we hope you guys do too. As always, I want to say thank you to our friend Mike Rogers for the creation and use of our theme song, and as well as our friend Rue for our artwork. You can find Rue on Instagram at at rootbeer, that's R-U-E-T-B-E-E-R. They have amazing work, and I definitely recommend checking out their page. I also want to remind everybody that we do have a new email. It is dplusstudentspod at gmail.com, and we would love to hear from you. We also do have a website. It is dplusstudentspod.wixsite.com slash dcom. We've got all of our previous episodes on there, as well as artwork for the posters if you guys haven't seen it. Now the song that we're about to listen to is Boogie Wonderland by Earth, Wind & Fire, and it is the end credit song of Don't Look Under the Bed. Without further ado, here's the rest of the episode. guys we're back from watching don't look under the bed um and i have lots of thoughts and opinions about this one um this was a tough one for me but before we get into what we all thought about the movie um aaron why don't you give us a synopsis okay so we see 14 year old i god i just watched this movie and i can't remember her name um francis francis that's right as in sir francis bacon (laughs) exactly so we see her laying in bed and some spooky things are happening with the dolls in her room. The clocks start changing. Everyone wakes up for work and finds out that it's actually like 4.30 in the morning. She gets into an argument with her brother, wishes that, tells him that he won't be able to keep a dog at college unless he keeps it on the roof or some kind of snide comment. Wakes up the next day to find out that all the dogs in her small town are on the roof. and she goes to school, starts learning about eggs and how that structure works, and her teacher's car miraculously gets egged, and her best friend tells her that she has a crush on her brother, but to keep it a secret, and somehow in the middle of the night, someone comes along and plants flowers that give away her terrible secret. (laughs) 
a lot of strange stuff is happening in it and all seems to be centered around this girl. She's immediately singled out by everyone in her town as the culprit behind these pranks, but they don't know how she's doing it. Her parents are confusing in their support of her acting out and also don't believe that she's innocent. So she sees a strange guy. He's dancing around. It turns out that he is invisible, which we later come to find out that he's an an imaginary friend, yes. but the imaginary friend of her younger brother that she can see for reasons that are never fully explained. She, they discover that the person who's been pulling just sick pranks all around town is <laughs> the boogeyman and that the boogeyman is definitely out to get her, but not harm her in any way, just to like super, just play lots of pranks. And... They invent a device to capture the boogeyman, but in that process, it is determined. It is revealed that the little brother stopped believing in the imaginary friend because he had a cancer diagnosis, and she convinced him that she needed he needed the help of doctors, and that the imaginary friend was not going to be able to save him from the cancer, which I mean is accurate. They go to try and capture him. The imaginary friend starts to change. And we discover that boogeymen are created when kids stop believing in their imaginary friends. Before it's too early. We don't know what too early is. But before it's too early. They set a trap for the boogeyman. But it fails because the boogeyman kidnaps the younger brother. And the imaginary friend and who I believe is called Larry Houdini. Yep. And Francis go into the boogie world to confront him along the way. Larry Houdini transforms fully into a boogeyman and all hope seems lost, but Francis discovers that the first boogeyman, the original prankster was in fact her imaginary friend a girl called Zoe and she takes discovering and like forgiving her somehow it all works out I don't know it's a Disney movie (laughs) and then as I'm sure we're going to discuss some real wild stuff happens in the wrap up that just just epically doesn't make sense (laughs) (laughs) and everything is fine and everyone's okay and this movie is awful (laughs) <laughs> I am I'm highly offended by that statement. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. I was kind of expecting that reaction from Dakota. I you were like I thought like 60/40 you were going to be into it. Right. You like can of worms a little bit it seemed. So <laughs> I like can of worms more than I think everyone else liked can of worms. <laughs> this movie was good. I liked it up until like, after the conclusion. I think I texted you guys when we watched it. It's like, they wrote the movie, and the climax happened, and they finished the climax, and then they all went and got drunk, and came back, and just started, like, slamming their hands in the keyboard, trying to come up with the, like, wrap-up. Listen. Because there's a... Some of the best songs. Romantic element that comes out of left field. And... <laughs> So, yeah, I just because you said that, I did pull up your text messages. <laughs> and you just wrote, what the fuck is the last three minutes of this movie? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, okay. <laughs> Some of the best songs ever made were, like, done on, like, LSD. So, like, what's pr- wrong with that? <laughs> it's the if same the rest thing. of the movie had been that wild, it would have been fine. But it was... Uh, <laughs> It wasn't a great movie. It was a decent movie. And then in the end, it was just like, and now make them kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. Okay. So, yeah, in, in the end, uh, just to kind of clarify that a little bit, because I was, I was rethinking about that also. So, at the end, when she realizes she gave up her best imaginary friend, Zoe, and she you know, accidentally created the boogeyman in Zoe and then created the boogeyman in Larry by telling her brother, whose name is Darwin, which I think is adorable, 
to stop believing in Larry. She like, you know, is kind of rebirthed as a kid again. She's like excited and ready to believe in magic and whimsy. And they're like, mm, actually, we're you won't see us anymore. You've grown up. You don't need us. She's like, but I just spent all this time trying to be okay with believing you. And, she, and he's like, yeah, but you're kind of an adult now. And then he kisses her and then they leave. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine her trying to like tell this to her friends and she's like no no i have a boyfriend he's imaginary <laughs> but he's not but i didn't imagine yes. him he's my brother's imaginary <laughs> well, what can i say my brother imagines he's hot <laughs> how to lose all your friends in high school <laughs> I don't think anyone here is going to be really surprised when I say that I didn't like it. However, <laughs> I did really, really like the the story and the message of it because how how interesting. It's definitely not hitting the top ten once we get to the end of all the <laughs> here. However, in comparison to Can of Worms, which is one that I notoriously hate, I think notorious is probably the right word for it. At, this point. <laughs> at least this one has a story and like a good <laughs> message because mm. I mean, and it's it's Buck Wild, but. At the same time, you know, uh, you've got a kid, he's got cancer, so he, you have to grow up too fast. Um, you know, I have a cousin who had cancer, and she was like a little mini walking adult. She kind of was anyway, but like that's what happens to these kinds of kids. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's interesting, and I think that it's a really, probably a good message, and uh, again, with the diversity element, um, some different representation for different types of families and different types of kids. But I also... I really liked that. So the kid grows up too fast, if you will. But then you can also learn to have a bit of like whimsy back in your life. Because I think if I'm not mistaken, at the end, the kid actually ends up being able to see him or, or that was what it was kind of alluding to was that Darwin was going to be able to still interact with Larry. Yeah. However, on the flip side of that, Frances was trying to make herself grow up so fast by, you know, skipping a grade and going into high school. I think we, we glossed over that a little bit because she skipped eighth grade and immediately mm. went from seventh grade to high school, which is a wild jump because eighth grade is a pretty formative year um, to get yourself prepared for ninth grade. And then, you know, when she first sees Larry, she's like, why is that guy looking at us? And like her and her best friend are talking about like liking boys and things like that. So it's a little bit of an older decom, especially when you're talking about the last decom was someone who was like, Absolutely, in probably sixth grade, middle school kind of a thing, mm-hmm. seventh grade. So, you know, the point of the story is don't grow up too fast. But at the same time, like, if you are growing up, you can also have a little bit of the child inside of you. And I really love that message. Awesome. So that's, I mean, that's kind of my damn. Can I just add one more thing? Based on these decoms, they really made it seem like kids skipping grades was just a thing that happened all the time. And I can't think of a single person that I know of who skipped grades. That's a good yeah. point. I feel like I feel like I had like six degrees. Like I knew somebody that skipped a grade, but no one within like my circle or even necessarily our year. Chris and I, we went to the same middle school and high yeah. school, right? I can't think of a single person. Yeah, I don't know then. But I, I think, I think again, six degrees. I think like my little sister's friend's older sister skipped a grade, and I'm like, cool. That means nothing. <laughs> Just an observation. That's a good point. Yeah, hey, yeah. While, that's, a, that's a good point. While we're on random observation, absolutely no police in this. <laughs> Lots of pranks, no point. police. Good that's point. That's true. You would think that there would be an issue if. All, like alarm clocks it's inconvenient but not a crime but all of the dogs being on the roof like you have to assume at least some of those dogs were indoors during right. the night right. <laughs> like no one came to investigate the they break-in. filled a pool with jello jello yeah. too and tampering with the christmas lights like also destruction of public property i mean of, of private property so yep and uh, especially egging that teacher's car because yes. right. it's not just like someone slash the boogeyman threw like three eggs on it it's like no, someone dumped like 18 cartons of eggs on it and this car was covered. <laughs> so something else I kind of want to discuss, you know, I think that the synopsis was great. Thanks, Aaron. I think that by the time you get to the end, you really understand the point of the story. Really? So I know we a lot of times. <laughs> I, I did. I did too. <laughs> 
I I know that a lot of times we save that for the end, but I think that we would be remiss not to talk about that because when you look back at the entire movie, it's all leading up to that point. So I, I, I really like that. Um, something that I think that we need to discuss is just Larry in general because there's a lot to unpack about Larry. <laughs> Aaron made a really great point, and I'm going to steal it the other day when we were talking about this. How many times has he regenerated? Because how many kids... Has he been the boogeyman? I mean, has he been a imaginary friend for? And I guess he's been able to, like, successfully get them to the other side, you know, mm-hmm. into adulthood successfully a number of times. But how many times do you get to do that? And then can you ever come back from being a boogeyman? I think you can because Zoe did. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it must... It must take a lot of a lot of imagination to get to get from one to the other. A lot of belief system going on there. Like Aaron said, at first we don't realize who Larry is. Then he says he's an imaginary friend, but you don't realize he's Darwin's imaginary friend. Right. Right, because other kids at the library can see him. Right. Right. I mean, I think I think there that you don't know who he is and you, is he being malicious is he like you don't understand the intent of of larry which i think mm-hmm. makes it kind of difficult um also the guy looks incredibly familiar and like someone i just can't place but then i did the imdb and i'm just not really sure where he's from but i feel like he was in a lot of commercials at the time in the 90s he and things probably like that. Maybe. was um i mentioned it in the before but maybe you didn't watch the show he was in even stevens Oh, that's right. That's right. We did say that, but but I I don't remember him at all. But maybe that's and I also feel like he was younger at that point. Well, in actually, time. so I thought I think in the I think in the before I had mentioned I was like, oh, this movie, you know, I knew it was Even Stevens, but according to IMBD, this movie came out directly before Even Stevens. Oh, <laughs> so maybe actually, you know, it was the reverse where I saw Even Stevens. I'm like, hey, it's the boogeyman, but. <laughs> No, that that definitely <laughs> didn't happen for me. I, I know who you're talking about, and a- after we did the before show, I went back and looked, and I was like, oh, yes, and his name was also Larry, and yes, yep. this, this all checks out to me. And so, of course, I remember him, but I'm, I am I guess I'm, I want to clarify, I'm more talking about with his acrobatics and things. Mm, yeah. Like, I feel like he was on a, like, I feel like he was probably on an iPod commercial or something like that, <laughs> you know? It's totally possible. Um, not only did they have the same name in Even Stevens, but to me, the characters are very similar in that they're bombastic, they're loud. Larry's more of an aggressor in Even Stevens because he's Ren's rival. But part of the show, and I don't know if they showcase it a lot or I just remember it, but he dances in the show. So he mm-hmm. definitely uses his skills in different ways. Um, so yeah, he like you said, he's very energetic and gymnastic, agile, and he puts those different skills to use, which I think is really cool. So I love Larry Houdini. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's over the top. I think the whole scene where she's running through the school, because the, they're trying to basically convince her she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's running through the school, and she ends up in the gymnasium, if I'm not mistaken. And at one point in time, he's like basically playing an entire marching band and a drum. And that that was like a lot of, of audiovisual stimulation for me. And I ended up checking out of that i just i couldn't follow what was happening and it's very overwhelming but it's supposed to be that's that's fair yeah yeah no he's he's essentially a live cartoon character like if you were to see bugs bunny but yeah as especially as an adult it's a it's overwhelming but you get the idea (laughs) right so yeah so i mean i thought that this movie had a lot of suspense for a decom, I totally see why it was banned. I was really yeah. scared. And also, uh, so my mom is visiting at this point in time. And we definitely had a conversation around the dinner table last night about if she's seen this movie, if she remembers it. She does vaguely remember it. And she absolutely remembers not letting me watch it because she knew that I was going to be scared. And I was. <laughs> I was going to ask because you, you mentioned that you'd never seen it and you weren't sure if it's because it didn't interest you or because you weren't allowed. So I think that's really funny. Like, re- really great. <laughs> Dakota, at 28 years old, at one point, we see a character walk past a mirror. Hey, wait, wait, wait. You don't have to put me on blast. <laughs> there, but, but go ahead. And a hand, the boogeyman's hand, shoots out of the mirror because we learn that apparently imaginary people can move through mirrors like their doorways. But anyway, he walks by and you see this hand shoot out and try and grab Francis, but misses. And we had to stop the movie because Dakota was so scared she cried. Oh. 
It's true. <laughs> so imagine an eleven-year-old watching that at home. It was very scary. Oh my gosh, poor poor baby Dakota. Right. <laughs> not have made it. <laughs> I was not expecting it, and it was very scary. And then at the same time, when the boogeyman is trying to like get Francis, when the boogie person, because the number of times they said boogie person at the end of that movie, I was like, oh my god. Uh. So when the boogie person ends up trying to grab Francis at, and she's laying on the bench at school like with a compress over her eyes or whatever. I was really scared and I was like watching the movie from like behind my hands and I was like, I don't know how people do this. I hate this. I don't want, I physically do not want to do this. Chris is laughing at me. I'm like, I, lo- well, I was like, I was like, I loved every second of this. <laughs> I loved when like the dolls would turn their little heads. I was like, every Ooh. second, every two seconds. Yes. <laughs> That reminded me of, as I've stated, I do not like scary things. I'm a big old wuss. Because I remembered this movie, like, I remembered all the main points. I remembered Larry, who he was. I remembered the reveal about both Boogeyman and the creation of Boogeyman. So, like, the big things that were going to happen didn't bother me because I I remembered them. So after I watched the movie, I looked up a, a greater synopsis just to kind of refresh myself. And... It specifically says this was the last horror-themed Disney production until a movie called The Owl House, which I've never heard of. Me neither. Haven't heard of it. But I found that really interesting because to me, I remember watching it when I was young and I was, you know, somewhere between 8 and 10 and could watch it and I remembered it and I can see where it'd be scary, like definitely no argument there, but the fact that I could do it was interesting. So the fact that it was specifically named a horror Disney movie, I found was kind of fascinating. I don't think it's a horror movie at all. You know, no one no one dies. There's no gore. The only thing is that the, the there's a lot well, of suspense. Well, horror Disney is, I'm sure. Uh, right. It's a little <laughs> <laughs> but, there's, but there's some suspense. There's a lot of suspense. There's yeah. a lot of whodunit mystery. Um, and then Some there's jump scares like there, that hand yeah. for you. The jump scares were a little scary for me, but I, you know, ultimately, once my heart stops pounding, I find them thrilling. Just like when you're on a roller coaster, you know, and and, yeah, and things happen. But what I didn't like, it was a little creepy um, from a from a many many different reasons. Like first of all, Frances is is weird, and the whole her relationship and having a crush on Larry right there at the beginning, creepy. <laughs> the other you don't get infatuated with people if you see them <laughs> the other friend being friends with the uh, or like liking the brother and then the brother being skeevy and like i mean he wasn't skeevy but he was like a, a teenage he was brother a bro, yeah. and he was ugh, gross don't like that skeevy ugh. and then uh icky and then the the bo- the whole boogeyman boogie person the nails freak me out the boogie goo freak me out but like these are all things that are, are kind of grotesque and kind of like, I don't know, a little a little gross and a little yucky. Not anything that I would consider horror. So, like, I see why my parents did not let me watch this movie. However, I, I could absolutely watch this movie. <laughs> hey, you want to know what... Uh, I, okay, so here's the thing. I made a promise that I wouldn't just straight rag on this movie the whole time. <laughs> but can we talk about, hey, remember when we said that... Mirrors were uh, doorways for imaginary people. They absolutely explicitly imply that he, the imaginary friend Larry, has been watching Francis shower. <laughs> so that's Ooh. pretty scary as far as horror movies go. Um, when did that? I happen? don't remember that. When she gets out of the shower and she looks up and sees him in the costume in his cowboy costume. Well, he had he his eyes closed. Okay, and he like climbs. Through the thing, and she's like, wait a minute, how long have you been there? And he just, like, quickly changes the subject. <laughs> it's true. I went back and looked at what he was talking about. That's kind of funny. It's creepy. I mean, I agree, it's not appropriate, <laughs> but I think that's a funny mix of, like, adult humor in this kid's movie. Because they go, because, you know, they do kind of boomerang the age group that this movie is for. Because mm-hmm. it's about imaginary friends of, like, you know, six and seven-year-olds. But it focuses on a high schooler who's learning to grow up and be interested in boys. So definitely not appropriate, but I think it's a funny humor. (laughs) So we can all like secretly agree based on the kiss at the end that the thing that makes you stop having imaginary friends is puberty, right? (laughs) I guess. I mean, implied. Yeah, I guess so. 
I did. So I agree with your, your your ending that it like it seems kind of out of left field when you're watching the movie. But again, I've I've had a like a week or so to digest the movie, and I kind like I kind of agree with the message that Fran or uh, yeah Fran Frances is is too old for imaginary friends because now she's at the point where she's imagining boys. Oh, I love this point. Like you see him at the beginning. And she blushes because she sees this cute guy, a.k.a. Larry, looking at her from across the field. And she goes, oh, my God, do you see that cute boy staring at us? And her friend obviously can't see it. So she's, like, trying to be coy and, like, get his attention and, like, wave. And then her friend's like, there's no one there, dude. And then at the end, I very much agree that it seems random because other than her saying that she thinks he's cute at the beginning and, like, trying to catch his eye, there's no, like romantic buildup because that would be strange (laughs) throughout the movie but then at the end he goes you're an adult now and she's like no but i believe in you and then he kind of kisses her goodbye as like no you're an adult now Mm -hmm. you don't need an imaginary friend this is what you have to look forward to and again in the movie it's very quick and doesn't seem appropriate (laughs) but having digested it i'm like you know what that's a really interesting point and i kind of like that I like it now that you're saying it that way. I'm going to go ahead and let that all slide. But but it is tough to kind of watch right there in the moment, especially when my next thought was, is this the first kiss that has happened on a decom up until this point? Um, which, looking back, like, I can't remember if it happens in the 13th year or not. No, it happened in Xenon. It happens yeah, a lot. Yeah, there's we, a okay. few of them they in there. They kiss at the end of Genius. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. They kiss in Genius. Oh, yeah. They kiss in Xenon. They kiss in Okay, maybe year. this was, let me rephrase this. This is the first unexpected kiss that, <laughs> that has happened in a decom. And I, I didn't have the warm and fuzzies about it. I was like, ooh, I don't like this. Also, what I think is, um, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and bring this up, and this might be an interesting topic, that this is the first kiss, and this was in the 90s, and this was like a, a mixed-race couple kissing. Yep. Yeah, it's true. And it's not a couple. But it's just an interesting point to throw out there. And once again, how we love how Disney is celebrating diversity and um, different kinds of families and different kinds of friendships and different kinds of units. And I love it. Yes. No, Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. Side note, that's random, but I just started watching um, the original Star Trek during this pandemic time. And for those that didn't know, Captain Kirk and Uhura have the first ever televised interracial kiss. I did know that. And what's fun is if you like, I I knew this before watching Star Trek just because I'm interested in these kinds of things and I I seek them out. But um, what's interesting is that I I forget everybody's real name, but Kirk, the producers didn't, they wrote it as a kiss. And then they were like, you know what, that could be too, quote unquote, you know, racy or not good, progressive. We're going to cut it. We're going to film a hug and we're going to film a kiss. And we're going to probably throw out the kiss. And Kirk was like, heck no. This is meant to be a kiss. It's going to be a kiss. And he purposely ruined every single take that was meant to be a hug (laughs) so that they could only use the kiss. And that was the first televised interracial kiss. I love that. That's William Shatner is the name you're thinking. William Shatner. What a a man. National treasure. (laughs) Have you heard his poetry? Amazing. Have you heard his music? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Isn't he the one who did the spoken word version of the song Rocket Man? Yes. You bet he of did. Of course. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. Put that in a time capsule. We need it hey, forever. Speaking of masterpiece, can we briefly touch on the very last scene of this movie? Yes. Ooh. Okay. We... So we see Frances. This is post-kiss. She's lying in bed, and her little brother runs in and is like, can I sleep with you? And she's like, sure, and whatever. And they get in the bed. And, like, they're snuggling. She was like, you don't have to be scared of the boogeyman anymore. He's like, no, I'm not scared of that. I'm scared of my cancer coming back. What? (laughs) Yeah. And to think that that was wild. But after that, they both almost immediately start falling asleep. The camera pans out. And, oh, it's not just the two of them snuggling in the bed. (laughs) Two imaginary friends just all cuddled up in that small small bed right <laughs> well they're above they're above the bed frame i think they're not in yeah they're like them, they're they? like kind of like floating they're, above they're them the like behind the bed frame right 
So I agree again. The execution is weird. Again, having having uh, uh, absorbed and, and reflected. I really liked it because the ending is kind of like, like you said, Darwin runs in. He's scared. And the thing is, it doesn't, uh, Francis specifically says, you know, Larry is there to watch out for you. Like she's mm-hmm. now okay with, not only okay, but encouraging him to have this imaginary friend and whatever yeah, he needs to stay strong. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and he goes, yeah, but Larry said I that you would know what to do or something like that. Like, you would be able to help me. And I think that's a great kind of turnaround of being like, I still need Larry, but I'm admitting that, like, real people and my family and my relationships yeah. will help me. And he mentioned that he's scared of going into remission, which is, of course, very scary if you ever had an illness like that. And I thought remission reason, was like a good said, thing for cancer. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. The reverse. <laughs> <laughs> the other one. The other one. And what am I caught? Like, like you covered in your synopsis, part of the reason that both Francis and Darwin grew up too early is because of his cancer. Because Francis wanted Darwin to focus on his doctors and his physical health. And Francis couldn't really deal with it. So she shut it off and pretended she was an adult and above being worried about everything that she can't handle. So it was kind of like... I don't know, admitting that Francis is an adult and can help and can just be, like, a good person for him to be in his corner. And, like, she doesn't offer any kind of reassurance because you can't really. But she's like, but I'll be here and Larry will be here. And then you kind of pan out and it's kind of like Guardian Angels-esque where Larry and Zoe are watching out for their two favorite humans, I guess. (laughs) I mean, I like it because it's like um, Larry comes in to kind of like get Francis on his side because when Darwin was going through the cancer, she's the one who almost didn't like make him grow up too fast, but she would tell Darwin like to stop believing in imaginary friends. And so that's, that's like, a great part point. Of the reason why like Darwin and Larry like no longer could see each other. So now that um, Francis like believes in everything and understands everything she um can be there by darwin's side not just like pushing him to grow up and like be serious about everything but to also like have him hold on to his childhood innocence in a way um because she now has both sides of the coin where she understands that like the childhood like larry side is like necessary in like these crazy like dark times that he's going through yeah, and like um, Dakota mentioned, uh, having a cousin who was like a little adult after a diagnosis, and that's very true. Those kinds of kids or kids that go through any kind of hardship, physical or otherwise, grow up very quickly because they have to learn to handle themselves. But also, like when you see a kid like that, you it's really important, I think, to foster fun and imagination because just because they do and kind of have to grow up doesn't mean they can't, you know, enjoy what they've got and have fun and bring some Disney magic into their life. That's that's a whole big thing down here in Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So, yep. you know, shout out to Make-A-Wish. All right, so I have an important question. Yes. Yes. Did you guys have imaginary friends? Absolutely. I need the deets. Okay, so here's the thing, because if you did not already know this about me, I'm extremely anal retentive <laughs> and type A. So I didn't just have, like, it's it's more, I think, apt to say I just had a, an, an energized imagination. Because I didn't have, like, a best friend that I did everything with. I had, like, six dragons and some fairies. And I kept a notebook with all of them because I wanted to make sure I played with all of them. Oh, my God. Because you can't. Not, yeah, no, this, this, this was me as a child. <laughs> I know. I'm aware. This, if you didn't, I've been like this since I was little. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, I had lots. And I'm like, oh, I didn't have time to play with this imaginary friend today. I guess I got to imagine a seventh so that they can play together because I feel bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had, like, a corral. I had a zoo. And they were, again, not, like, human imaginary friends. I had, like mythical beings i had dragons mostly but i'm pretty sure i also had like pixies and probably like mermaids or something if i took a bath well, who knows well, at least we know you were a creative i remember child. the dragons <laughs> <laughs> i was very into pets and magic <laughs> <laughs> i'm not mad at it 
<laughs> I don't remember if I had a imaginary friend to be honest with you, but I <gasps> I do know that I talk to myself a lot, especially current day. Uh, my roommate tells me, <laughs> my roommate's always kind of like, "Are you on the phone with somebody?" or like yada yada yada, and I'm just in my room talking to myself, and I feel like that stems from something. So I feel like that's stemming from an imaginary friend back in the day, and maybe I just don't remember it, but it had to be. Otherwise, I'm I'm just crazy. Is that it? I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I kind of, I mean, I grew up in a household with pets, but when I got older, I think I just replaced the imaginary friends with actual pets. Yeah. Like, I've got my two boys that I talk to <laughs> all the time, so <laughs> I'm a crazy cat lady <laughs> from... I graduated from crazy dragon child to crazy cat. <laughs> More grounded in reality, I guess. <laughs> slightly. Yes. Slightly. <laughs> How about yeah. you guys? So I absolutely had an imaginary friend as a kid. Yes. At some point, I saw a poster for uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 and saw the drawing of Mario and decided... That's exactly what my best, my imaginary best friend <laughs> looks like. And his name was Doki. Doki? D-O-O-K-I-E. Doki. Wow. <laughs> I like it. No, I thought it was D-O-K-E-Y. That's how your sister spells it. It's like with a Y. I, it was never spelled out. It, <laughs> <laughs> Whose imaginary friend was it, guys? <laughs> so I... Blamed Doki on a lot of things. Um, we went to Myrtle Beach as a kid, and we had a great time. And I am decided then and there that this is actually where Doki was from. <laughs> he is a, a beach plumber. Oh, <laughs> very important. But he, uh, no, this was this was his house. This was his place. I the my best Doki story was as a kid. I was asked. Um, my choices were various sandwich meats and tuna or peanut butter sandwiches. I said, no, I want chicken sandwich. Mom was like, we don't have that. I was like, well, I don't want any of the other things. She was like, okay, well, let me know if you're hungry. She walks off. I sat there for a minute and was like, I'm going to make myself a chicken sandwich. I was <laughs> probably three and had no idea how to make a chicken sandwich. <laughs> so I went to the kitchen and we had one of the old school ovens with the knobs on the front. And I knew regardless of what the next steps were that I had no idea, the first step was that the oven was involved. You guys know where this oh is going. <laughs> so I reached up and flipped on the stovetop. And my mom had brought in the mail and there were magazines up there. And I did set oh, my no. childhood kitchen on fire. What? <laughs> And Doki was there to support me through that trauma. <laughs> and also take a small amount of blame. He sounds like a good friend. Yeah. He was a good imaginary friend. So you blamed that on Doki. Absolutely blamed it on Doki. <laughs> to this day, it was still Doki. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I did not have an imaginary friend, but I am also going to, just because Doki is a subject that we talk about way more than you guys would ever imagine. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. Particularly because Aaron and his sister um, are one year, one month, and one day apart. So they're very, very close in age. So they're, they were they were pretty close growing up. So I think that um, hearing the stories about the two of them interacting with or or having Doki involved is also very entertaining to hear. Um, so I get to live a little bit vicariously because, again, only child over here. So, like, I was playing in my room by myself or, like, hanging out with my parents. Like, also tiny adult but did not have an imaginary friend in any, in any kind of way. So, you know, Aaron, I don't know if you want to share the, the other famous story as well. Um, and then I know that we want to talk about his mom is a kindergarten teacher, and so we asked her if she had any imaginary friend stories from her kids. Ooh. So. I don't remember exactly which Doki story you're telling, but I would love to tell the story about my mom. It's the one where you're at the Golden Corral or something. Oh, okay. So we were, again, we had just moved to town. I was probably five, and my sister, a year older, was six. And I was saying something about having done something with my imaginary friend Doki 
and uh, my parents were telling me that it was impossible because, like, for whatever reasons, it wouldn't have worked. And my sister just kind of cut her eyes at me and said, Spect you ain't got no doki. Ooh. <laughs> It was the most cold-blooded thing that I had ever (laughs) (laughs) There was nothing behind her eyes in that moment. (laughs) I mean, but the sincerity that... Anyway, I think it's so (laughs) So, okay. I I don't know the kid's name, but my mom is a... Which, even if we did, would be redacted for for safety and security (laughs) of minors. So we're not going to go there. My mom was a... Is a kindergarten teacher. Um, she had a student in her. I, I texted her all of this because I needed some good, good stories. And I would like to preface this with the apology that, mommy, I didn't mean to accidentally type those bad words to you. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the oh, sweet, no. sweet boy that you raised. <laughs> I'm sorry, mommy. <laughs> but also said that she said, I had a student this year who had an imaginary friend called Ebenezer. Wow. And he would be playing in the back of the classroom while she was trying to teach and uh, ask him what he was doing. She said he was playing with Ebenezer and he was like, well, Ebenezer is going to have to go home. I'm trying to teach a class. And the kids stood up and yelled, no, Ebenezer deserves an education too. (laughs) That's a fact. Oh my god. No discrimination against imaginary friends in this classroom. No, sir. How do you come back from that? Like, as a teacher, how do you, what do you say to that? How do you shut that down? (laughs) Well, this kid is a genius. We'll tell him to sit down, too. It wouldn't have worked because uh, several days later, he got in trouble for doing something. And. Um, the punishment, they had to go move his name tag from like the green circle to the yellow circle to the red circle. And he oh. he had to go move his, she, he was told to go move his name tag. And he laid on the ground and screamed, no, Ebenezer, help me. <laughs> oh my gosh. But like, from what I understand that Ebenezer, you know, some, some kids have an ima- imaginary friend, um, probably much like you, Andy, you probably had these imaginary dragons and friends and things that were your support when it was convenient to you and when you, when you needed it and, and when mm-hmm. you, when you wanted to interact with them. I'm quite sure that in the middle of school, you were not more focused on your dragons than you were on schoolwork. But then there are some kids that are like, this is wild. Like this is an entire other human being. Like, like Ebenezer, there was a space. I remember her telling me that there was a space in line. I think for Ebenezer to be able to like stand in line with the kid, there was also like. But I believe that Ebenezer also probably had a name tag that like Ebenezer would get in trouble as well along with the the kid. Like I, I think that's 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 wild, you know. I I love that kind of stuff. I think that's. Because you're very right in your uh, assumption about me, again, with my type A-ness. I would never allow that kind of shenanigans to break loose in my classroom. I would I would be so embarrassed. What kind, what kind of trouble could a dragon get in in a classroom anyway? Like that's... Oh, I'm sure flying around, knocking stuff down. Mm-hmm. I, some of them breathe fire. I'm sure there'd, there'd be, like, issues, health hazards. I, I, but... I cannot wait. I'm sure this is already a movie. But where someone's imaginary <laughs> friend is destroying a classroom, and it turns out that the kid is just Carrie. Uh, <laughs> um, it sounds like a supernatural or a um. Oh, I can't. Rem- I, there was a kid. I think it was like so weird. There was like a Nick or a Disney show. It was so was, weird. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there was an episode. I remember distinctly an episode where there was a little boy that yeah. had an imaginary friend that was like doing bad things. Yes. And he was real. Yep. Ah, so creepy. I, think it, I loved that stuff. But I think I, it's that like was the, the kind of stuff that scared me when I was little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were only two seasons of that show. And I think that that episode had Eric Von Detten, which I think was only the first season, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, um, by the way, FYI, in case you guys didn't know, in So Weird, it stars Eric Von Detten, who is, of course, the star of Brink. And then also his best friend, who I think's name was Petey in the movie, um, oh, it was ooh. it was the other guy. It wasn't the long haired, shaggy haired guy. It yeah. was the other guy. Um, he's also in So Weird. Like he was also a star of the show. Oh, really? that's funny. So, just FYI. Ooh, since we're talking about people crossovers, Aaron. Yeah. Did the actor that played the full force boogeyman, not Larry, but the boogeyman, 
um, look familiar to you at all? Um, let me... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I did look up what his name was, but I couldn't... It was Steve Valentine, right? Yes, because I knew he looked very familiar, and I was like, that's clearly a character actor that I know, but I don't know why I know. For DCOMs of uh, future... He is Les Camembert from Teen Beach Movie. Absolutely, that's who that character is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, also, just because I knew he looked familiar, if you watched Psych, he is also the rock star named Billy Lips from the Clue parody episode, which I think is great. Okay. Yes. What other What other kind of stray observations do we have? Well, I have a quick follow-up question in addition to imaginary friends. So, Dakota, this may or may not um, apply to you. But, or I guess Chris also, since you said I didn't have one. But this might be my anxiety-riddled brain. But having seen a movie like this or, you know, Toy Story or anything like that, did this movie make you panic that maybe you forgot somebody important or let go of an imaginary friend too soon? Absolutely not. Me and Doki are still close. <laughs> Did Doki enjoy the movie? Um, you not his favorite. He does not like jump scares. But that's, that's fair. fair. That's fair. You know, it is what it is. Because <laughs> I also was that kid that like, as, and especially like again, we we grew up in like the the heyday of of Disney animation or one of the renaissances of Disney animation and Pixar animation. So like. Things like Toy Story, like anything that anytime I feel like I have neglected something in my life, whether it's a toy, a machine, something that's just in my house that I haven't appreciated lately, I'm like, oh my God, it's going to get me because I'm a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) This is how my brain works. So I think I had a good closure with all of my dragon friends. (laughs) (laughs) I think we left it at a good point. But at the same time, like, I see something like this and I'm like, but what if I didn't? <laughs> what if I have put an imaginary entity into the world that hates me? Oh, no. I'm crazy. It's they okay. Didn't, they didn't just all fly into the sunset as you wave goodbye? I mean, I made a lot of them. So at least, like, even if I'm not around, they have each other. Right? Mm-hmm. I was worried. <laughs> hey, I have a deep concern, and I'm sure this will come up in, like, roughly a year. But... Teen Beach movie is only rated 87% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and this is an atrocity. <laughs> That's true. We, we should go this fix that. This is the greatest movie ever filmed. <laughs> wow, high praise. To... <laughs> I'm thinking that if we've, we've talked about everything, including William Shatner and, and everything that we could talk about at this point in time, so I think it might be time to rate the movie. Yay. All right. Um, so for me... I think I'm going to give this, hmm, what did I rate Can of Worms? Like a two? <laughs> you rated it a two. <laughs> oh. I'm going to give this one a four. Okay. I'm going to do four yeah. out of ten alarm clocks. Hey, so can this, hypothetically, can movies take a negative score if I think that you guys have rated it too highly? I don't think so. Because then there's no way to average right. that. I mean, there is, but it's not fun. <laughs> your scale one to ten my scale no this movie wasn't i mean i'm gonna give it five out of five imaginary boyfriends five out of wow. five <laughs> five no, out of i'm ten. sorry five out of ten imaginary boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten um pools full of jello Ooh. Another classic prank that probably got someone killed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that one was concerning. Yeah. <laughs> How much jello would you need to turn a swimming pool into jello? Has a someone myth busted this? Like that seems excessive. <laughs> don't uh don't hold me to this one, but if there is an opportunity for me to go back and do a information corner with Aaron, I will find out how much jello <laughs> you would need to fill the pool because they make it sound like the amount of eggs that were used and the amount of jello that were used were things that were in francis's pantry right yeah. that's a lot of jello yeah. and eggs <laughs> i know well in the beginning they say that there were two cartons of eggs but then like again like 18 cartons were used to egg this mm-hmm. car so i don't know how that works but math boogie math <laughs> do boogeymen have infinite resources maybe possibly 
That whole under the bed world was pretty cool. They probably had a lot of stuff yeah. down there. Um, I am going to, so let's see, Dakota, you give a four, Aaron a five, Chris a seven. I am also going to give it a seven. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I feel like execution brought it down, but the meaning mm-hmm. was so good. Like, again, the more I absorb it and think about it, the more I enjoyed, I enjoyed the aftermath of the movie more than I enjoyed the sitting through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say seven. Seven out of ten. Boogie goo. Oh, I hate the boogie goo. Buckets of boogie goo. <laughs> Buckets of boogie goo. So that makes it a 5.7, which rounds up to a six. So a, an above Woo! average movie. Well deserved. Yeah, I, think I mean, that's for fair. us, we rate things pretty high. So it's probably on the lower end for us. But yeah, I mean, it's better than a five. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of problems with it. You know I mean? It's it's scary for sure, but I really love the meaning. I would absolutely like probably watch this again. I'd probably watch it again drunk at a party to be like, (laughs) you've got to check this out. (laughs) I dig it. Yeah, I'm trying to be better at um, not inflating my score because as we went over in the bonus episode, I rate very high. And it's because I try to do, like, each movie individually, like, not compare it to the other oh, movies. But I think this this had some execution issues. So I think, because I think it's definitely higher than a six. So I'm going for seven. So, yeah. 5.75, rounded up to an average six for Don't Look Under the Bed. So, do we have any other ideas or thoughts? I don't think so. Oh, ma'am. All right. Then join us next time for Horse Sense. Ooh, I love Horse Sense. Ooh. I know nothing about <laughs> horse sense. Here we go. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. Bye.